The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Did Jesus claim to be the Christ or not? Why in some cases did he seemingly try to hide that he was the Messiah? Have you ever heard about the messianic secret? What is this? We will talk about it today on Grace in Focus. Welcome, we're glad you're joining us today. This is a ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society in North Texas. If you want to find out more about us, find us at faithalone.org. You'll also find our daily blogs there, as well as products and other free resources. That's faithalone.org. Now with today's question and answer discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates. We have another question, and this is from M.E. M.E. I'm really excited about this question because this is something that I don't think Bob and I have ever talked about or even I don't remember talking about it in any free grace circles. I'm not as enthusiastic as you are because I don't have a great answer for this, but you do, so we'll give it a shot. Well, no, I'm just kind of curious to know what you think. Emmy writes in about what we would call the messianic secret. And I remember W-R-E-D-E. Yeah, I heard it pronounced Vrida. Right. I think he's German, but uh, he's passed long ago. Oh, yeah. It was like early 1900s, right? 1890s, 1910, somewhere in there. And he wrote a commentary, I think on Mark, called The Messianic Secret. And because there is a place in Mark's gospel, I can't remember if it's also in Matthew and Luke, where Jesus tells the disciples not to tell people that he's the Messiah. Right. When the demons say, we know who you are, you're the Holy Son of God, he commanded them not to make him known. Yeah. And so this view by Vrita was, well, I've heard it said a couple ways that liberals will say Jesus did not claim to be the Christ. And so that's why he says it. No, no, I'm not. I'm not the Christ. You know, that's what liberals would say about it. Of but- course, Jesus said to the woman at the well when she says, "We know something Messiah is coming." I who speak to you am He. <laughs> right, and we also have even His first sermon in Nazareth when it's like these words are fulfilled and you're hearing today. Right, you know, talking about and the it's King. a messianic passage. A messianic passage, but Me asks. I need help in understanding if Jesus's message to the Jews was that he was the Messiah, why did he seem to try to hide that fact throughout his ministry? That's the messianic secret. So the question is, let's just simplify it because I'm from Kentucky and I need things simple, right? (laughs) Why is it that Jesus at times told the disciples, don't tell anybody, like in the gospel of Mark, he heals people. And then he says, don't tell anybody when he raises the girl from the dead. Don't tell anybody how she was raised from the dead. Right. But notice you said at times. Sure. And the question says throughout. Right. And there's a difference. Uh, Yes. So I would agree that there were times when Jesus told people to keep his identity secret, but it was not throughout his ministry. We know that from the Gospel of John. After all, when Jesus tells Martha he's the resurrection and the life and that he who believes in him, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. She says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. Christ is Christos in Greek. It's the equivalent of Mashiach or Messiah. Right. And in John 1, we found the Christ. Right. (laughs) So there were plenty of times. And 
you know, I'm thinking, for example, of the second feeding of the multitude. They were with him for three days. You don't think he told them? And so, and they were trying to make him king at one point, right? Because they believed he was Messiah King. Of course, he is Messiah King, but that wasn't in his first coming. His first coming was as the suffering servant. His second coming is to rule and reign. So this idea that Jesus was suppressing telling people about who he is is not quite accurate. It did occur at times. It's kind and that's of, the question. Why? Obviously, he told people he was a Christ. People right. believed in him as the Christ. Right. And so he obviously told. So let's narrow in that. Why on those instances do you think he said, don't tell anybody what happened here? Okay, I I think this is just my theory, and this is why I said at the beginning, I don't know that I have a good answer to this. But I think it's because if his claim to be the Messiah was proclaimed far and wide by everyone, I believe it would have resulted in his death being before the exact time that the Father wanted. Uh, During Passover week, triumphal entry, all that, it had to be everything according to prophecy, and he had to be dying on Friday so that he could be in the grave before Shabbat, and then he could be in the grave Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, and then rise from the dead. All of that, remember Jesus, when he, at the wedding at Cana, my hour, hour is not yet come. He says that to his mother. Mm-hmm. And all through John's gospel, my hour is not yet come. And then at the end, he says, my hour has come. Well, it seems to me that he, being omniscient, knew exactly how much information could be given out about him. Same thing with the parables. Why did he ever teach in parables? Well, he tells us because he was keeping the truth from those who were really not open. The Grace Evangelical Society has recently started an online seminary, and we're preparing to start our second semester in February. You can study with some of the finest Free Grace professors and earn an MDiv degree in three years. There is no tuition if you maintain a 3.0 grade point average. It's time now for application and registration. Study the Bible, the biblical languages, and Free Grace theology with us. Find out more at faithalone.org slash seminary or gesseminary.org. But like, for example, we know when Jesus says, this is towards the end of his ministry, who do men say that I am? Right. And they go, well, some say you're this, you're this prophet, you're this prophet. So if Matthew 16, right, and, and then Mark, Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of God. Right. And so many, many people had, they knew he was doing these miracles. Obviously, all these people were coming out to have them heal their friends right. and family members and stuff like that. But they did not believe that he was the Christ. They believed he was Elijah. They believed that he was one of the prophets. He, The Jewish believes that there were two messiahs and maybe he's one of them. And so right. for people to come out just as a sideshow or as a miracle, they wanted the miracle. miracle workers, then that would have prevented him from teaching, for example, the disciples. You know, it would have cut into Which that was time. a huge part of his ministry. You know, when in Mark, for example, when he goes up and heals a Syrophoenician woman, it says that he went up there in this northern Gentile area and he did not want to be known. Why? Because he was alone in the house with his disciples. Well, if he's surrounded by thousands of people who just want to watch him do a trick... He couldn't do that. And to me, that explains a lot when he says, listen, don't 
don't tell people how she was healed because people are going to come here for the wrong reason. And then another one, and I read just recently, and I'm, I'm kind of curious to know what you think, with the demons. So the demons proclaim him, and he goes, shut up. <laughs> you know, basically, be quiet. Don't don't. When they say, "We know who you are. You're the holy son of God. You're right. the son of the Most High," or whatever the case may be, I read someone, and I never heard this before. I'm kind of curious to know what you think. That maybe part of the reason was that you know later the Pharisees will say he cast these demons out by the power of the Prince of Demons, and the point would be is as they're proclaiming, well, they cannot be trusted. These are demonic. And so if they're saying, oh, you're the son of God, the, opposite, the, Pharisee, must be yeah, true. the opposite must be true. And I found that very interesting. I'd never read that before. You know, I never that, heard that, but I like Because the Pharisees could use that. Well, of course the demons say he's the son of God because they're liars. Yeah. And so it just seems to me that this messianic secret, as you said earlier, I find it very, very interesting. And by the way, this book that was written whenever it was sometime around 1900, from what I understand, it was a, it made a huge impact upon theological writings. And New Testament studies, in right. New Testament we studies. We had to study it when we were in the doctoral program. Right. And by the way, quick story, we had someone writing a commentary for us on Mark. We did a commentary on the entire New Testament called the Grace New Testament Commentary. And we had somebody doing Mark. And the person did the first chapter or maybe first two and submitted them for consideration. And Zane Hodges was the one who was evaluating. And this person was arguing for the messianic secret, that throughout Jesus' ministry, he was keeping this a secret. And Zane, oh, by the way, that shows you how influential this view is, because right. the person who wrote that was an evangelical free grace guy. Who right? had a Ph.D. from Dallas Seminary. Exactly. And so he, believed, he, he was adopting this. Yeah. Right. And Zane rejected the commentary and said, <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't write this commentary because this messianic secret is false. I didn't get into it with Zane on all the reasons he felt it was false, but... I think one of the points was you certainly can't get that from the Gospel of John. Right. I think what we need to recognize is Matthew, Mark, and Luke have a different purpose than John. They're oriented to discipleship and sanctification, not justification. Right. And the Gospel of John is the only evangelistic gospel. It's the only evangelistic book. It's written to unbelievers that they might believe, whereas Matthew, Mark, and Luke are written to believers so they may follow. And... Exactly why there are a few occasions when Jesus tells them not to do it. I just think it's because in the case of the demons, I like your explanation. In the case of others, I think it's because of the timing. And also, it seems to me that those times, I don't know what the numbers would be, but it's around miracles. Don't tell anybody I did this because it's just going to attract a circus. And there's also this other point I'd bring up, Ken. There is the point that Jesus gave plenty of evidence in terms of miracles and plenty of evidence in terms of his teaching, but he could have done more, right? He could have done bigger miracles, more miracles. He could have given more teaching. What he gave was sufficient. And in Hebrews eleven six, God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I think there's the principle that Jesus expects people to seek him. And contrary to Calvinism, those who are spiritually dead can respond to God's drawing and can seek the Lord Jesus Christ, as Cornelius is an example in Acts chapter 10. So 
I like this discussion. I'm not sure we have a definitive answer on it, but I think we've kind of covered some and, key and, points. And I think, too, that there would come a time in Jesus' ministry when people were willfully unwilling to believe, that, so they chose not to believe, and therefore Christ said, okay, okay uh, I'm, right. I'm going to move on. I'll give you one good yeah. example, and we'll end with this. Uh, John five thirty nine and 40, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But these are they which testify of me, but you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. Clearly, when he says these testify of me, he means Messiah. Right. And And he's claiming to be the Messiah right there. And therefore, okay, I'm not going to tell people I'm the Christ anymore because they're unwilling to believe. Or I'm going to tell them, but not as much as I could. Yeah. Right. Bottom line is the messianic secret is a fallacy. That's (laughs) right. Well, I enjoyed this, Bob. Thanks a lot. And for everyone else, remember, keep keep grace grace in focus. We invite you to check out our Monday, Wednesday, and Friday five-minute YouTube videos at YouTube Grace Evangelical Society. You will love the content and learn a lot. Maybe you've got a question or comment or feedback. If so, please send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. Please make sure your question is as succinct and clear as possible. That would be a great big help. On the next episode, what is the difference between eternal life and resurrection life? Please join us. And until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.